Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, thanks for joining us for this. Um, just me today on this one. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just probably start with how you are, really. Obviously, tough time at the moment at the club, and um, we're not in a good position in the league. Obviously, it looks, looks as though relegation is going to be confirmed. Um, you know, how, how, is, how is that kind of taking its toll on you? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, we, we all know this is accumulation of the last few years since we went down from League One. Um, haven't got to grips with it at all, uh, with my appointments or, or the way we've um, we've tried to get it to work. Um, you know, regardless of COVID, we, we've tried to uh, work our way through this difficult period. And um, yeah, it does take its toll. You know, it's um, what is it now? Three years. Um, who'd have thought that? You know, when we, when we all sat down and thought it would be a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been tough. Um, but um, our, our overriding priority, well, my priority as, as the chairman and the owner of the football club is to ensure that the, the club is uh, financially sound and sustainable. And, um, you know, out of all this, we're, we're still here. Um, I know other clubs have had to cope with it and they've coped with it in different ways. But, um, you know, I'm concentrating on Scunthorpe United and, um, you know, we wanted a sustainable football club. And I, and I think we're there now. The, the difficulty is... Um, the sacrifice that it looks like is we may not be a league club next season, but um, that shouldn't stop us um, going forward. It shouldn't stop us trying to develop the club and, and bounce back if that's if that's the case. Um, we've still got eight games. I know it's it's pretty it's going to be pretty tough um, on the running. Um, we could have done ourselves a, a massive favour if we'd have got some points out of the last three matches, but. Um, for one reason or another, some some out of that out of our hands, um, we've been unable to get the points, and and that's been a a pretty much a consistent problem we've had. We can't win games, we don't win enough games, and it hasn't seemed to matter who's who's been in at the helm. That has been the main problem, and if you don't win games, you are going to get uh, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Yeah, obviously, I think last time we spoke was, I believe it was on the eve of the season. And um, you suggested at that time, you thought we, we maybe put together quite a decent side. And, and obviously, Neil, manager at the time, was, was quite excited by the squad we put together. Um, and obviously, we had all of the kind of pundits, bookies writing us off saying, you know, we, we'd be lucky to finish 23rd. I think that was the comment at the time. Um, obviously, hoping to consolidate in mid-table after the, the last couple of years, which haven't been great. Um, you obviously fast forward and, and you look where we are now, 10 points adrift, you know, minus 42 goal difference. What do you think has gone so wrong? Um, you know, and, and essentially, we've had two squads of players, really, given obviously Neil had his players. Keith's managed to kind of do a bit of wheeling and dealing in, in January and, and brought a new squad in. And I think if you look at the Oldham game, for example, the, the game we won at Oldham and, you know, the, the players we've got yeah. now, it's a very different squad. And so, you know, why do you think, well, I suppose... Why has it gone so wrong? And and you look at the two squads. You know why haven't they been able between them um, to kind of 
put that winning run together and, and move us out of the, the trouble we're in. Yeah, it's um, it's a difficult one. I mean, yeah, we, we came into the into the season off the back of you know just scraping through the previous season. Um, Neil had developed his side over the summer. I'm not sure whether we <clears throat> did a a strong enough um, pre-season. I think some of the players we couldn't get in early enough. Um, you know, understanding where we were going to be with um, the FL loan, we didn't understand what the embargo effect was going to be on us because actually we hadn't got all the the pieces of uh, the embargo and how it was going to affect us at that time. So we were starting the season um, not really knowing who we could sign and how many we could sign. But within a couple of weeks when we got that done, the players coming in and some of them hadn't had a pre-season. And, I'm, and it wasn't a bad side. Um, it looked a fair side. Um, Neil was happy with it. Um, in training, you could see we'd got a, an edge. Um you know, we hit we hit another bad patch with with um, a lot of uh, players getting COVID early season. We then some of them who weren't fit were getting injured. Um, we lost the linchpin of the side, um, according to Neil at the time um, in in the first game. Um, you know, and we, you know we lost our keeper, <laughs> the new keeper as he came in. I mean, things didn't start very well for us, and um, I don't think we ever recovered from that at all we, we never could get a settled side out we would you know we'd have four or five changes um due to you know them having covid or being injured so i think certainly at the beginning of the season it, it wasn't it wasn't easy for neil but he just couldn't grasp it and looking at the previous season we didn't really finish that off well enough and and i think that sort of as soon as we lost our first couple of games i think um the management struggled with it a little bit um, you know, looking back, should I change it earlier? Maybe, but again, it's hindsight, isn't it? Um, I wanted to give Neil as, as big a chance as I could and support him as long as I could, uh, which I did. Um, thought I'd left it um, enough games for us to get through, was it 31 games or so, um, with a new manager and um, knowing um, that Keith was coming on board, I, I was pretty confident with that. Um but we didn't get response from the lads that were here. We, again, still suffered from injuries and, and, and COVID, which meant we couldn't put a side out. We wouldn't know till Saturday morning what the side was. So, um, you know, very, very difficult for Keith. I mean, he emphasised how difficult the task was even at that stage. But I've got to say that in the games since Keith started, there are a lot of games we should have won there. And even under Neil, um, where we'd taken the lead or in total control and, I believe individual mistakes have, have really cost us this year, um, as it did when we came down from League One. Um, and you look back at some of the games where we were in front, we were in charge, we were in control. We we just didn't score the goals and um, we made mistakes which gave the points to the, the opposing team. I mean, you look back, probably turning point Carlisle away, um, you know, 2-0 up um, and only draw to all, I think from then, um, it's been a pretty much a downward slope, although Keith has tried to, um, you know, stop that with um, his new signings. We've, um, you know, as soon as he came in, we've, we've looked at two options. We, we're going to work really hard at staying up, but make sure that we also bring the youth through the team, which is I, I've always wanted to do that. And certainly Keith is not afraid of putting a 16-year-old or 17-year-old to the team, which is, which is exactly what we needed to do. 
um, the experience they'll gain, regardless of where we are this year, will be uh, uh, will benefit the football club. Um, and let's um, let's hope we can uh, continue to build the team as we get to the end of the season, regardless of how we feel or where we're going to be. Um, miracles can happen. We're still working very, very hard. Got to win the next game. We just got to win a game, really, to to kick start um, that run. Um, and um, you know, regardless of where we are next year, Keith has agreed to sign and stay. Um, Tony McMahon has agreed to sign and stay. The team of, you know, the team we're building will stay regardless of what division we're in. Um, and you know, we we have to plan for both events. And I think we've got that in hand right now. Just picking up on something you said there about the embargo and not knowing how many players we could sign, things like that, and not being able to do business early, which obviously coincided with not the best pre-season, even though, you know, I think when we spoke last, you were quite happy with how pre-season had gone um, in terms of results and, and how we were looking. Um, it's not just been this season, though, has it, where pre-season not quite right. I mean, I'm thinking back Nick Dawes, you know, that season, there were, there were problems that season and it's not just been kind of the embargo on COVID. It's been kind of a common theme the last few years that we've not quite done our business possibly early enough to give us a good chance of kind of gelling in, in pre-season. Do you think that's fair? Um, I, I think it's been difficult to find the players who want to come to Scunthorpe. When, when, you, get, when you get relegated, it's really difficult. Um, players to want to go. You know, they, they desperately want to go. And you can understand that, whether they're part of the problem or not. Uh, it doesn't matter how they've played. They, they want to go. They don't want to be part of a relegation team. And, and it was difficult bringing players in. I thought, certainly, you're right. Nick Nick struggled that season where we lost um, four of our key players um, um, the, the season we came down um, because they were basically, we had to take options up on most of them. Um, and they were, they, all they were going to do was play the season out. So we had to, we had to move them on. And... I just feel maybe at that time the pressure on Nick Dawes to build a team was more difficult than previously where he's been able to step into a very good team, um, as Andy did. Um, you know, the team that they took over in the interim periods was excellent and, you know, stable and secure. And I think Nick struggled. Um, we're trying to do that. And the preseason wasn't good enough that year. Because of that, we probably only had 14 players, um, you know, signed on as we went into into our pre-season in Austria. We came back, we lost a couple more players. It was difficult to find other players. Um, and I think maybe the lack of managerial, managerial experience with Nick maybe caught him out a little bit there. Um, but saying that, you know, we changed it. We tried to bring in experience. Again, you know, if, if you look at the percentage, the win percentages, um, actually, if you look back at it, Nick and Andy and, um, previous managers had a lot better percentages than the ones that have been in since. I mean, Stewart's wasn't very good. Um, neither was Hursty's. And, and Cox's was probably one of the poorest. And through one of the most difficult times, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to knock the guy. He's, we all wanted that to work. He, he's a local legend. And um, I think it was impossible. I think it is very difficult building teams um, with, with so many things against us. Um, others... Other teams have gambled and, and managed to stay up. Other, other teams will struggle, you know, in the long term. But we had to have a strategy where we couldn't overstretch ourselves. Um, but the managers haven't worked. And, um, you know, I, I find that strange because I thought the appointments were sensible. I thought Stuart McCall, with all his experience, would get us through. 
Um, but his, you know, we lost so many games under him early on and then looked like a revival and, and then he went again. You know, lovely man, great, but I had to make a choice with seven games to go and I thought that um, we could get out of that and we, we, didn't, we didn't do that. We needed seven points, I think, in seven games. Um, you know, and then you come down and you want to rebuild and you bring uh, Paul in and, again, that just didn't work. It just didn't work. I thought we had a fairly good team that year. I don't think we should have um, um, had been in the troubles we were. So I was surprised at the position we were in and the games we'd lost. I think eight or nine on the road with uh, on the road with Paul. Um, so I thought long term it would be important to bring in somebody like Neil. But I think the circumstances surrounding it. I, I do think the situation the league was in. No fans in the stadium no support, no income. I think all of that, again, was pressure on the manager as well. So, you know, I could only take so much off that. Um, and, but you're right, the pre-seasons have been affected. Um, and if you do not have a good pre-season, it, you do suffer. You do suffer. And, you know, changing managers in the summer or just after the summer is, is not ideal. But, you know, you have to make a, a choice. Um, like I say, it's dead easy to turn around and say, well, maybe I shouldn't have given Neil the job and put a new manager in for the whole of the summer. But um, I don't know who was available at that time, but I, I felt the decision to keep him on was important um, for the club, uh, long-term strategy, um, but it didn't work. Uh, and that's been the case. The, the management appointments haven't worked. I have to take the blame for that. I appointed them um, and we are where we are at the, at the moment. But... Um, you know, I'm hoping that Keith can be um, a long-term appointment with a, we've definitely got a project in mind. Uh, both of us, we talk regularly, um, fully committed to each other through uh, to the end of next season, um, at least. Um, and I like the ideas, I like the way he approaches it. Um, we just haven't got the results because the players haven't been playing well enough. And, and I think that sums it up, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh... I was having a look. There was a stat, an interesting stat um, I saw earlier, um, and it was it was looking at sort of teams that have been relegated from League Two and points tallies, things like that. And you know, I think we are sort of on course to be in that sort of top ten, if you like, not top, but you know, the worst points tallies of in League Two history, if you like. Um, and you look at the teams that have kind of gone down with that points tally, um, and it's been very difficult for them to bounce back. You know, some of them never have. Um, Clearly, history kind of suggests that they don't back, bounce back quickly anyway. Um, so, how how are the club planning to be competitive next season? Because you know, at the moment, I think it's fair to say the fans are probably expecting another season of struggle at, at sort of the wrong end of the table. I, I think you, you've got to. We, we're trying to look at and balance both sides of it. I, I think it's really important that we understand. I, I don't think we we are the worst team in the division when you look at the league but if you look at some of the games that we've thrown away and some of the things that we've done um we're not the worst team there, there, there are performances there where we should have got more out of a game regardless of whether we think it was refereeing decisions or like say under coxie nine out of ten penalty decisions which the ref said shouldn't have been after the fact which costed the matches you know there, there were opportunities there to win matches i do i do believe believe we we could quite easily be in amongst the pack there at 33, 34 points. There's no reason why we couldn't, or maybe a little bit more. So that's disappointing. Um, I do think we've got some great young players come through. I think we've got the basis for a side now um, that Keith can build on. We, we do need to add to that. 
Um, but I also do believe we we can compete. Um, if you look at League Two next year, say Stockport and Wrexham come up, um, and then the teams coming down from League One, there's six teams who are going to have, uh, you know, fairly chunky budgets. Who'll be able to look after themselves? I would have thought Stockport and Wrexham will be, you know, probably favourites to go straight up and straight through. You've got the teams that are left behind this year who haven't done brilliantly, although. You know, Salford beat us quite convincingly at the weekend. You know, Salford, Bradford, Tranmere, Northampton. Not all of those can go up. So there's going to be three or four of those teams. Um, and then a couple of others will still be investing. So there'll, there'll probably be half the league will have budgets in and around two million plus in League Two for the first time in such a long time. Similar to how League One has now turned out with um, your Ipswiches and your Sunderland's you know, your big teams in there and whoever's going to come down for the champ next year. You know, there's, there's teams there with 10, 11 million pound budgets. With the, the whole, um, the map of the EFL has changed. The the competitiveness is, is huge now. And, um, you know, it's difficult for a small club like us. Other clubs do it. Yes, they do it. Um, whether that's selling players, we, we know Exeter do really well on that and, and crew have done well on that in the, in the past. Um, we have to look at that model um, to help subsidise our income uh, because our income isn't isn't uh, brilliant on on our fan base. Um, I've always said that since we went since I came in, we needed to try and find find different income streams, and we haven't managed to do that in one way or another. And you know, you can't, I can't keep putting money in. Um, you know, we struggled in the last three years because of COVID, because our business is hospitality. Most of it was shut down. So no income whatsoever. And we'd already planned um, to go sustainable with Scumthorpe and we hadn't planned to put any money in it. And that's that's the problem. If you haven't planned to put money into the club, it's difficult to go and find it then. Um, but we are sustainable. Um, we're in a good position financial if we're not um, in the league. And disappointing as it is, um, we've got to plan. And if we're in League Two next year, it will be a tough year. It will be a tough year competing against those sort of uh, clubs with those sort of budgets. Um, and if we're in the National League, I can assure you we'll be competing at the top of it. We, we are we are planning to do that. Um, however we do that, we Keith and I have got the plan and we're working on it now and we're developing it um, to ensure that, um, you know, if we're unfortunate to, to be relegated this year, we, we look at it in a, in a positive way to rebuild the football club. Um, strengthen it, get its youth base sorted, utilise the academy straight into the first team, not through 23s, um, because we just cannot have that bigger squad. And then start to build our base up again. I'd rather, you know, it, it it's a common thing. You know, fans want, want us to win games and we need to be competitive in a league that we're competitive in. And yes, it is difficult in the National League, but I, I would see us competing at the top of that if we are to go down um, and we're planning for both uh, of those circumstances and, and we'll, we'll see where that takes us over the next eight, eight games. I mean, the, the fans have been brilliant. I mean, I know, you know, there's a lot of fans who don't like me, who don't know me and I understand that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've heard the chance at me from several fans and look, listen, um, if there was a better option and, and someone to come in, I would have, I would have found that person and that would have happened now to support the club. There isn't anybody else there. So you just you're going to have to persevere with me until the end of the season, into next season, unless things change. 
Um, but I'm doing my best to make us competitive next season, um, regardless of where we are. Um, you know, I agree with you on the points total, but I've also got to agree that we had a points for game season and bits and pieces that haven't quite worked for a lot of teams. I mean, um, it doesn't matter whether you've got 41 or 22 points, does it really? If they, if they send you down, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, what we need to do is get a mentality back into the side. Um, and I believe Keith can can do that either in the league or, or certainly in the National League. You mentioned some of the fans there and, and sort of not really protests. We're not really seeing many protests apart from the obviously the locking of the gate earlier in the season. But do you think you can build the bridges with those fans? moving forward well we're trying to listen i look if people don't like me they don't like me if, if, the problem is there's a lot of fake news out. there's a lot of news out there that isn't true you know that matt um you know it's it's there isn't um I, i've been honest with this football club i put a huge amount of money into it i gave it a second chance when i first came in um you know i i kept us up there but we weren't in a great state when i started but i, I wanted to try and get to the champ that, that season, we nearly made it. We should have made it. You know that. I mean, it was a great season. We we, we did well. So out of the eight years, I've, I've sort of, well, into my ninth year now, you know, four or five of those years have been okay and, and reasonable, actually, in the playoffs. The other three haven't. And and that happens, cycles in football clubs. But, um, you know, if it's down to finances and, and how big your club is, we're going to find that difficult going forward. So we need, we need to find a resolution where we can survive and and get back in the league if we're not there or retain our league status uh, by doing it a slightly different way. And, and I'm hoping that we can do that now. Um, but we're going to have to do it um, by not going by quarter of a million pound players and four grand a week players. That, 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 that time has gone because we can't keep doing that. It's impossible. Um, so the good thing is we are a club who are financially stable um, and I, I want to be able to use that as a base for us to kick on and be competitive next season. Just on in terms of relegation, if that's confirmed, how much do you see that costing the club financially? Um, I don't know really. I, I mean, we haven't. We do know what approximately what the finances will be next year. We get a parachute payment for one year, and we get academy payments for one year. That's why it's so important for us to, um, you know, make sure we have the biggest effort we can to get back um, if we do that. Um, financially, there isn't a huge difference. Um, I think we lose um, maybe uh, some of the TV money, but I don't know what the BT package is, whether that's similar. Um, but I would have thought we'd be on a similar level for next year. So, um, well, as long as the fans come in, um, we've, we've issued obviously the season ticket prices, which again are, are very competitive. It's really important that the fans buy those to, to make sure that we go into the summer with a good, strong base financially so that we can buy some players and bring other players in. We're, we're doing that at the minute. We, we've certainly got a plan to do that. Um, so we are competitive wherever we are. Um, I know it's it's not easy for the fans at the minute. You know, I've, I apologise. It is, it is, you know, I'm I'm the head of the, of the football club. It is my fault in the end, um, regardless of what the players do. Um, we just haven't been good enough, but I need to pick ourselves up. Um, like I say, we'll we'll do what we can to um, to make sure that we are in a really really strong position next year, regardless of what division that we're in. Yeah, we'll, we'll speak about season tickets shortly. Um, we'll just speak about Keith for a few minutes, if if that's okay. Um, obviously, you've you've confirmed he's staying for next season. Um, you know, 
looking at the results, they've not really improved. I know, obviously, there was that spell when he first came in, picked up a few draws, and, and things were um, looking up, I think. I think it's fair to say everyone um, hoped that we could kick on. Um, given that, you know, things haven't really turned around, why do you think, or why, do you, why have you got the confidence in him that, that he's the right man for next season to kind of rebuild this football club? I just, I just believe that we, we, we actually believe in each other. I, I think Keith is a good manager. He's got a good record. He came to us in a very difficult position, um, but was brave enough to come in and do it. You know, um, I think um, that Keith has a plan and a project in mind. Very difficult to change a team mid-season and get it. You know, a lot of these, some of our players have not played any games, so um, you know we were nursing them through. Um, you're trying, trying to fit a whole new team together was very, very difficult, but we thought we had to do that. Um, and we've, I think we've been unfortunate not to pick up the points that we should have done. There have certainly been opportunities to be in a better position. Um, but, but Keith is sticking with it. And, you know, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to lay a line in the sand where, you know, it can't be just down to uh, results all the while. And, and if this is going to be long term, then he has to want to buy into it, which he does. Um, he's fully in charge of everything um, with regards to the football, so that that's great. You know, it's um, he's got the experience. Um, he wants what he wants in, um, and he's been doing that since the day he came in. And he's got the confidence, and I've got the confidence in him that if we if we're unfortunate to be relegated, he'll back, he'll get us back up. And I'm you know having someone like Keith Hill with us in the national league, I think is a hell of an advantage. Um, you know, a, a manager of his experience, a, a National League club can only be a benefit for that club. And I think um, I think the results this year, we've got to sort of put at the back and, and just look at some of the things that he's done behind the scenes and, and how he's trying to, to move the club forward um, and, and use it as a project for him and us and, and to get the club performing. It's going to take a little bit longer than he thought. Um, but he's well up for it, and uh, I think that's half the battle, to be honest. Yeah, obviously he's not never had experience managing in, in the National League, and you look at some of the sides that have come up in recent years, the managers have all had that kind of experience. Um, does he know what he's going into in that in that league, uh, National League? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I have absolutely no doubt. I've got no, I've got no problem with that. He's, uh, um, you know. What do we do? You know, if, if Keith went this season and, and it didn't, but we've got to start again. Who's to say that'll work? Um, you know, it's uh, he's better than the results that we've had at the minute. I like his approach. I like his honesty with the fans, with the press. Um, I like the way that he approaches the youth and, and the young players, which is really important to us. And, you know, his connection with um, the youth team, the academy team and, and wanting to put them in. I think that that is part of everything that we're going to uh, look at improving on as we go forward. So I, I would rather work with somebody like that than, than try and start again. Um, but I do believe in him. I do believe he can do a great job for us. And uh, um, that has to be a start. And I just hope that the fans can just give him a little bit of leeway to the end of the season. Um, you know, it was, I, I thought the response, even though we lost at Salford from the fans was excellent. You know, they, it, it isn't. It isn't easy. This we're, we're all hurting. It's um, it's something we don't want. But what we can't do is let our emotions overtake us and and lose sight of what we need to do for next season. And and that's why we're planning 
for every eventuality and uh, um, making sure that we're ready, uh, whatever happens. Has he been happy with all the signings in January that he, that he managed to bring in? Because obviously some of them have kind of been in and out of the side. Um, has he been happy with all of them? I, I, I think that that's a question you need to ask him. I think anything, you know, with the manager, I think it's well worth asking him. He'll tell you, he'll be honest. You know, it, it, that's that's what he needs to say. You know, he, he he's had full control. He's brought everybody he wants in. Um, these are his players, he'll tell you that. Um, you know, it's the same with Neil. They're all his players. It's the same with everybody else before. They're all their players. Manager has the final choice on everything that's put in front of him. Um, you know, it, it's really important that the manager that has that control. And really, whatever Keith needs to do to make a success here, he'll get, certainly from me and, and the support. But, you know, some players gel, some players don't. Um, you know, it was a lot of players that we brought in and a lot of changes we've made. So, um, and we're unfortunate to have injuries. It, it was really sad to see Tomo uh, get injured as he was coming back. I thought he was playing a really good game. You know, every time a player, you know, Mali comes back and gets injured, you know, every time one of them comes back, they're getting injured because it, it's, it's a struggle to keep them fit and strong and and, and get them back ready to play. Um, you know, it's um, it's something that we have looked at and used January, the mistakes we made, maybe, or, or not, and, and the things we got right to get right in the summer. And, um, you know, he's already identified um, numerous players to strengthen the squad as we go into the summer. Let's move on to the um, the EFL loan and the embargo. Um, where are we at with that? Will, will that be paid back by the summer or is that going to be paid back over a longer period of time? No, the loan was taken on a, on a longer period of time. Um, I can't tell you too much about it. I've said before, um, the embargo sort of, the beginning of the season, there were just a couple of bits in there. We didn't realise, well, we weren't told that actually if we hadn't, if we didn't play our three young players at the beginning of the season, um, you know, we could utilise them as extra squad members going as soon as the transfer window shut. Things like this were happening or, you know, we lost Bilson and Tyrone in the first game and, you know, they still remain squad members. Um, we managed to get one sorted out. I mean, it was really difficult um, to identify exactly what we could do and what we couldn't do and we weren't getting the answers back quick enough, but we dealt with it as best we can. Um the embargo has affected us, of course it has, because what it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you an opportunity to spend more on one player and less on another. The the average, there's an average wage in there which you can't go beyond. So if I just for example, if I wanted to buy a two gram player and a five hundred gram player, a five hundred pound player, um, and and the average was below the average, you couldn't do that. And and that means that you couldn't really get the better striker in or maybe a better centre-half or whatever it was. But saying that, they weren't there. The players were not there. There weren't many that that were available through the summer. Um, as I stated earlier, a lot of League 2 players and even League 1 players are in the National League at this moment in time. If you look at the squads at the top of the National League, a lot of League 2 players and, and like I say, League 1 players in there because of the money. Um and, and the fact that, um, you know, those clubs can spend as much as they, they, they pretty much want at the minute. And they're all chasing the dream, which is just two places. So, yeah, it's um, the, the, the embargo has stopped us a little bit, but it won't stop us going forward. Um, you know, whether it's payback or not, it, it, it won't affect us um, 
going forward we we have to work within the loan parameters but you know they're comfortable um the actual embargo finishes in in june um so that won't affect us and it doesn't affect us in the national league anyway if we're down so um no the fl loan you know was needed it was absolutely crucial at the stage for cash flow um and yeah that hasn't helped us um but it was the best decision to make at the time was if we had no money last year, we'd have had gone into administration, which meant we'd have gone in this season with minus points and almost certainly have gone down. I thought we'd taken the FL loan. It at least gave us a bit of a chance to stay up. It was always going to be difficult, um, but at least gave us a chance. So I had to make that choice. And my choice was to, to keep the club uh, financially uh, solvent um, and still work towards that sustainable level, which we have done. And that will, in the long term, ensure that there is a football club in Scunthorpe. That is the most important uh, thing for me. So the embargo's gone. Is there a salary cap next year in the National League? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. I mean, that's their season finishes so late. Uh, I mean, there's loads of different things that we, we have to work on. We've got to study uh, in planning for that. Um, so... Um, not at this minute. If there was, it would it would benefit clubs like ourselves. Um, would it? But I, I, I'm not sure how they're going to work on that. But the National League have put uh, different things in, in at different stages to the EFL. Um, so anything can happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not really focused on that at the minute. I'm just trying to focus on seeing if we can win the majority of these games coming up. But in the back of my mind, soon, as soon as we know uh, where our future lies, we'll be working hard on, on figuring out um, our best uh, uh, our best approach to next season. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that, but how can you plan if, if you don't know there's there's a salary cap or not? I know there was rumours or the, the clubs had discussed introducing a salary cap at less than a million pounds for next season or to come into effect next season. So how can we plan, um, you know, looking at players to bring in if we, if we don't know sort of the parameters we've got to work in if that is introduced? I... I... We have to work as though we're a league club for next year, Matt. So, so basically, all our budgets and everything are on that. If we go down, I, I believe, like um, any clubs, when they come up, um, they have a little bit of leeway um, for that first season and support because you, you don't know where you're going to be. So if you've already got your players on the books and they're already, if you exceed that, um, you exceed it. It's like a lot of teams um, last year um, when we changed from a salary cap to SCMP, there was a two-week window and they went out and bought players on three-year contracts because they they knew that wouldn't affect them um, on SCMP going forward um, because the salary cap failed. It's, it's not as... It's, it's, it's quite complicated, to be honest, because we went from SCMP to salary cap to SCMP in a matter of months. Um, it, it would be similar if we dropped down. It, it's not an immediate effect on us as a football club. Um but again, in, until we get to that point and until we, we find out exactly what the, uh, the National League are doing, if that's our, where our future lies, um, we'll, we'll be ready for that anyway. When would you expect to, to have that information if, you know, if, if relegation is confirmed in the next few weeks? I don't know, because I, I think they're, usually their fixtures don't come out till um, July, do they? I think. So, um, you know, it'd be, we're, we're in their hands, really. Um, but it's something we can't do at the minute because we're not, um, you know, we're not in a position to say that we're going to be in the national league just yet. 
But theoretically speaking, obviously, if we did go down, we were relegated, had a really good season, and we were in a position where we were we were promoted again back to the EFL. Um, if that EFL loan hasn't been paid back, would there then be restrictions if we were promoted no, again? The embargo, no, the embargo's gone. Okay. The embargo finishes in June. Okay. Um, we, 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 that, that won't make any difference. Um, but I hope I'm here talking about that with you. Um, and we have done that. It's... Um, you know, it's something I desperately want to want to put right. Cool. Let's um, let's just have a quick chat about the summer then. Obviously, there's a lot of players out of contract. Um, are there any that Keith wants to keep moving forward? I, I think so. Again, I, I, it's not not really for me to answer. I think you know Keith kills, Keith's building his squad. Um, he has his ideas. I think if you ask him, he'll probably say the exact same thing that he's working towards the end of the season. He's utilising these remaining games to see. You know who wants to keep, who wants to stay, um, and obviously we're working on now. Um, certainly, you know half a dozen players or so potentially that we can, um, you know, go and see if they'll come and play for us next season. You know, Scunthorpe is still a club that people want to, you know, players want to come to. I think Keith will draw a number of players as well into the squad because of who he is and who he knows, which is which is what you want your manager to do. Um, so, you know, he, he will make those decisions over the coming weeks as as we reach the end of the season. Are there any deals on the table at the moment for players under contract? Or out of contract, sorry. Um, I, I, again, I believe so, yeah. We, we've had some confirmation um, that some players have been offered deals. But again, you know, um, I've left that to, uh, to Keith to identify who he wants to give deals to. Obviously, we're protecting the interest of our younger players which we would do every year anyway. Um, and we're very excited about those three or four that are coming through at the minute who, uh, who are getting their chance to be part of the first team squad. So, uh, you know, we're, we're delighted with the performance of uh, Cribby and, um, and, you know, Lewis's his energy is amazing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a great player in there as well. So um, we've still got Wilson. We've still, you know, there, there there are so many players that we've got who are on the edge who, who could benefit from Keith's um, tenure here at the football club. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there'll be con- there'll be offers of contracts um, as we get towards the season. I, I would have thought we'll pick up more as we get to the end of the, the last couple of weeks of this season. You mentioned uh, Crib there. Has he turned down a deal? No, no, he's signed. He's got. He's on his. Um, uh, we've got him on our uh, our standard uh, scholars deal, so um, you know he's at the club for the next couple of years. So you know um, we're happy with that. But I, again, I've left that to Keith to 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 do. Keith is doing all that um, with his team, um, trying to um, do the best deals for the players, and um, they're working on that right now uh, to ensure that we keep the best ones. And uh, but but he's signed for us anyway for the next couple of years. So. You know, most of the lads who've come up at 16 and 17 are here for a couple of years. In terms of, obviously, if there's any interest in him, I know there's been a couple of clubs linked and a couple of clubs watching him from from higher levels. Um, would that be a similar scenario to the Joey Dawson? You know, if, if there was an offer on the table, um, would it be kind of a set fee like the, like the Joey Dawson uh, transfer? I'm not too sure. I don't think so at the minute because of because he's he's on a a two-year contract with us. So I don't think he's a straight, I think uh, Joey was coming to the end of his contract, I believe. So um, with us, so it, it, it is what it is. Um, 
you know, we, we, we need to protect our young players and we're doing that at the minute as best we can. Um, you know, we don't want to, we want to get onto a model where selling a player a year is what we actually do to, to bolster the, the cash funds for the wages and the, uh, and then the player salary. So I think it's really important that we, we get into that model. Um, I, I can see that being part of us as we go forward. That's certainly something that Keith's done in previous jobs. In the summer, I think when we, we were speaking, you suggested you know a couple of players that, that we'd signed. Uh, I think it, it was actually when we were speaking about the Jem Karajan interview and he suggested some of the players didn't have the right attitude, things like that. And I think you said, um, you know, we, we probably need to do a bit more due diligence like we did in previous years um, before signing players. And you look at the players this season um, that have been frozen out, you know, there's, there's quite a few by, by Keith Hill. Um, obviously, you mentioned we're working with a smaller squad, smaller budget. Um, you know, how are we going to get that right moving forward? Because, you know, I'm not saying it's a big chunk of the, the wage bill, but it is a sizable chunk. If you think about three or four or five players on the sidelines, not even in the squad, um, you know, we can't afford to do that moving forward, can we? No, we can't. We, we, have, to, we have to be better in, in choosing our players. And, and again, that, that's the pressure that's on the managers. You know, they've, they've got to identify and sign the right players. Um, you know, that, that is the most important thing is they get the right ones for them. Um, they're always, they're never all going to work. As you know, you sign a player, I think he's going to be brilliant. And then, you know, six weeks in, you suddenly realise that, that he probably isn't good enough. Um, and that, that will happen no matter what we do. You know, we'll, we may sign 10 players and, and two of them may not be the players that we thought we were signing, uh, whether that's mental ability, strength, fitness, you know, everything, you know, we, we, we've got to, we've got to try and do our best. It's not easy. Um, but I think um, with Keith at the helm, um, we've got someone who has a particular player he's after. He knows exactly what that is. Um, and his demands on what that player needs to be and needs to uh, perform on the pitch is, 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 is more prevalent to him than it's probably been to any other manager. So I, I'm pretty confident that um, the recruitment will be better as we go, go through um, the summer uh, with Keith at the helm. And uh, I'm sure that um, we still might be talking about the odd player that hasn't fitted in. Um, but as you saw with his Rochdale side, you know, he, he, he wants players that become a team and uh, not everybody can fit. Um, and, you know, when that happens, then us as a club have to try and resurrect that or try and change that for the for the manager and the player so that the player doesn't sit on the bench, as you say, for so long. But, you know, if the player doesn't want to go anywhere, there's nothing we can do. Um, if he doesn't want to go on loan anywhere, he doesn't want to move, um, regardless of, of any offers on the table for him, then there's nothing we can do. Um, and that's probably why we, we do end up with a few that, that stay right until the end of the season. Um, it is what it is. It's football. Um, we're never going to get it all right. If we get it all right, we'd, we'd be in the champ already. Um, the fact is we have to have to deal with players who, who are either uh, moving forward with their careers and probably are quite young. Um, so mentally, maybe not as strong as others. And then, you know, others that are coming down in the, in the twilight of their careers who probably aren't, aren't as fit, as strong as some of the others. And, You've got to balance your team out and, and I believe Keith can do that as we go through the summer. 
Um, one thing that's concerned quite a lot of fans recently is the number of vacancies the club are sort of advertising. Um, obviously, quite a few staff have left. I'm thinking Dale Tong, a few others, you know, medical staff and, and obviously um, analysts, things like that. Um, are you concerned by those recent departures? Um, no, I'm a little bit disappointed. You would like to keep your team together. You know, uh, a lot of these people have been here a long time. Um you know, it's been a difficult few years, certainly for the medical team. I, I, I think the pressures on them with, with COVID and all the injuries and the issues we've had, um, certainly it's been a very, very testing time for them. And, um, you know, sometimes they want to change. I mean, a lot of these, like say, you know, the medical team have been with me a long time, um, but we've changed that before. There, there, are, there have been members of the team left before and we've replaced them. Um, they've gone on to do things so hopefully these will i mean it's very difficult for people to stay in jobs now for for sort of 10 years it's, it's not well wherever you are um it's not not the norm so and especially in football um other teams offering perhaps better packages um obviously going to be better positioned in the league if that's what if that's what uh, the person wants or it may be just statistics i certainly know a couple of the, the people that are moving is down to because they're, they're moving away from the area. So it's not all just about them leaving because of our position or bad things happening. It's just, this is what happens in business. People leave and people get re-employed. All I can say is we we have got um, quite a few people interested in those positions and they will be filled ready for next season. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is, it's business. So just just to clarify, those they're not budget related or anything like that. They're kind of their no, their decisions. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just their personal decisions, and um, you know, we as a club um, have protected ourselves to a certain degree with regards to um, um, contract extensions and um, contract leave. So it, it was it's important for us to sit down, and we've spoke with all of those people who are leaving, and everything's amicable with them. It's nothing. It's it's just opportunity, you know. People go for opportunity, and um, um, you'll probably see that when when they turn up at their their new clubs um, and start their new careers and then and their new way forward. So um, for me, it's it's not a worry. It's disappointing because it's a lot easier if you uh, if you keep your team together, but but fully understandable. Um, you touched on it earlier on, uh, and I think you've mentioned it in in number of statements this season that you know that the maybe been people approach you um, with interest in the club, but to date no one's actually shown you they've, they've got the money. Is that still the case? We've we've had a lot of interest in the football club. You know, the one big strength about it is is our sustainability and and um, you know uh, the site and the development. You know, we we've got it to a stage now where. You know, there's no debt on there. You know, the the AFL is the only debt is the only debt, and that's covered by me anyway, with the sponsorship of the stadium. So we've got ourselves in a really, really strong position. Um, I've been talking to over the last three years. I mean, when we came down from League One, there were, were interest. Uh, a lot of people have had interest in it, but it's been difficult because there have been lots of other clubs they've had interest with. Um, you know, Scunthorpe is not hasn't been one of those clubs that, you know, have been first on the radar for a lot of people. So we have to make it um, viable. Um, so that interest is there. Um, we've still got some things happening. Um, 
you know, like I said all along, if there was somebody to come in who who got more money than me, who could put more money into the football club and 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 give it and you know another go, I, I would step aside. That that isn't a problem. Um, the thing is that isn't happening at the minute. Um, but if it does, then that's what I'll do. If if I feel that um, and the EFL because they've got to pass the director's test, etc. If they feel that 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 works, then we'll do the best for the club. At the minute, like I say. People might not like me, and I understand that it's difficult, and, and they want somebody to blame. That's great, you know. I'm, I'm here. I, I take the blame, but I, I, I'm also here to try and support the club through this. Um, you know, if, if I was to to leave the club um, with no one to take over it, it wouldn't be here. So that's what I'm doing. I'm committed to that. I've been committed to that since we got relegated. I said I won't walk away, and I won't. Um, and I and I'll try to get us back onto a. Uh, to a path where we're winning matches. If I'm here, if not, then hopefully any new investors or new owners can uh, can do that uh, on the back of you know what would have to be you know significant um, investment to keep Scunthorpe you know or get Scunthorpe back into the league or keep them in the league. It's uh, it's not it's not a cheap game. Are you talking to anyone at the moment? Or I'm I'm, I'm continually I I'm probably talking to maybe three or four interested parties at the minute. Um, but I've been talking to sort of half a dozen for for two years, so it's 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 difficult. I, I think some of them don't understand that the the complexities of running the football club. It, it's not easy. It's not it's not it's certainly not a business um, that is like any other business. Um, you know, um, we've we've tried to change it, it uh, internally. I mean, today the announcement's gone out that Neil Wright is. Uh, the fan elected director, um, which is, which is great news for the club. The first time that's ever happened. You know, we've done a lot of things at this club. We had the first female director, the first female CEO, first CEO. You know, we, we've done a lot going forward. Um, you know, we brought Simon onto the board, which was was really important. That's been a little bit. Um, you know, he, he's he's trying his hardest to get lots of things done, but he's a fan and. You know, it is hard when you're losing to, to keep getting up on a Monday morning and, and be as enthusiastic as you was on a on a Saturday morning before the match. But but he's a great addition to the board. You know, um, we've changed that. So I'm hoping that Scunthorpe's first fan elected director will have a little bit more contact, well, a lot more contact with the fans, will be first contact with the fan base, and we'll be able to answer the questions and we'll have to be able to pose the questions to the board as well. So... Um, you know, in, in that context, um, we, we provide a, a great base of a football club for, for anybody who wants to take it over. Um, and like I say at the minute, that hasn't happened. Um, but if it does happen, then, um, you know, I'll, I'll quite happily step aside and uh, make sure the club's in a great health uh, when I leave it. What are you looking for in a potential buyer then? Is it is it just that they have the money for the club or, as you say, you know, that that they kind of understand how a football club works. Is, is that a key part of it as well? I think they have to have the team to do that. And certainly if they have the team that understand how a football club works, that, that's the first part of it. Um, the second part is, yes, they have to have money. You know, they, they have to have that financial basis to to protect the club. Every year we, we sign a document to say we'll support the club financially. You know, I mean, that's what they have to do. And the FL will, will do their checks. Um and ensure that they've got those finances in place. Um, you know that that's it, really. You, if you've got money, you've got yourself a chance. Um, very difficult to do it 
without money or on restricted budgets it's very very difficult now the league is too strong and there's not enough money as as, as we've said all along the distribution of funds you know the 80 12 8 split where eight percent of all tv revenue goes to league two just doesn't doesn't hack it if we could get that up to 16 percent um you know for us in league two um that that would a lot more clubs would survive and be able to work towards uh, improving their facilities and their fan experiences. Given you've had conversations with a number of parties, I suppose, what are they looking for from, from you as well? I mean, would it be the assets, the land and everything, or, or would they just be looking for the club? I don't know. What what kind are they indicating to you in these conversations? Yeah, I, I, I suppose I'm looking for, for somebody who, who cares about everything to do with the football club. Um, you know, it's... It's important to have assets, to have strength of asset if you're spending money. Of course, it is um, something to fall back on um, as an investor. You know, you don't put your money in something without having a little bit of protection for it. So I think that's important. I, I, I generally feel they want a club that's sustainable, that isn't in debt, because the last thing you want is that. Although, as we see with the, the Derby County situation, you know, it's, um, you know, it's tough to see clubs go through that. Um, but the FL knew about Derby's situation for a long time. Everybody has. Um, you know, there's other clubs as well who have breached, um, you know, SCMP and their, their profit and loss. In the Champ, a lot of them have. Um, a lot of those clubs borrowed money to pay for their the tax bills, you know, and, and here we are, Derby, getting um, what looks to be a huge discount off their tax. Um, half our EFL loan... Um, was was to pay tax, HMRC, PAYE, that's what that was. So it wasn't to pay debt; it was to pay half of it was to pay tax. The rest was to uh, to counter what we'd lost with fans not coming through the, the gate. So um, you know, it's a huge amount of money, and um, there's still a lot of clubs out there who who aren't operating well. But the the majority have got great owners and, and great directors and, and, are, and are trying their best through what are difficult times. So I suppose somebody coming in wants a club that is that has good sustainability, that has assets, that ha- has a good balance sheet, which which our balance sheet is a lot better than it has been in recent years with regards to, to debt, well, not debt, to, to losses, sorry. Um, you know, we, we've cleared off a lot of it. So it, it sits there as a, a free asset, really, to... Uh, to be taken up, um, I think we're 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 a prime uh, football purchase at the minute, and and hopefully we'll get a lot more interest um, as the weeks go on. Can I kind of take from that then that, that you are looking to sell the club? I I think you know I'm I was looking when we came down and we knew we were going to sustainability. I was always on the lookout for anybody who could put maybe the same amount of money as into the club or a substantial amount of money to give the football club a chance because, you know, you, you were having to put a million pound a year in or, or even a million and a half just to sustain the club. That's without the extra on the wages. That's just to sustain the club in those divisions. Now, you can't keep doing that. And, and the previous chairman, uh, when he left, said exactly the same thing. You know, after seven and a half million pounds worth of losses, to, to continually put a million, million and a half in, to keep the club where it was um, is not sustainable. So we've changed that. Um, so, you know, for me, as soon as we came down and we understood that we were, it was going to be sustainable as soon as COVID hit um, after that, it didn't help us because there was no spare money 
um, to go to the football club because it was all on other projects which had stalled. So, you know, we, we, I was looking straight away, but never, never, you know, the club was being looked after by me. So I wasn't in a rush to do that. I wanted to make sure we were in a really good position. And um, I think we are now. And, and there definitely is interest. And, you know, I'd like to think that, um, um, you know, Scunthorpe United, after me, will will have somebody who can put, you know, good money into the club and, and generate the interest and levels that I've done for the last nine years. You know, it's nine years of my life. Um, you know, I committed a lot of money, a lot of time, never took a penny out of the football club. You know, it's, it, it's, it's football's been a love of mine. And even though that some of the fans don't realise that, I have been fully committed to it and, and I will continue to um, in, until I'm not here. Now let's just move on to the stadium. Um, I've got quite a few questions sent in, well, people asking me about this in, in recent weeks. Is the stadium project still a re- realistic and viable project? It is. It's, it's, it's not just about building the whole stadium. It's, it's about looking at the East Stand and how we can develop that and, and improve the facilities within the ground as well, um, as well as the development on the East Car Park, which is the initial 160 apartments, you know, to give us that extra bit of revenue that we need um, to kick on. Um, you know, with the, the dual carriageway now, um, sorry, with the motorway now down to a dual carriageway, we're, we're looking at the highways um, um, scenario to see how we can get a, a link road through the site onto the dual carriageway, which will give it a better flow through so people can get out of the match. And, and actually, um, the whole site can be a little bit more fluid. Um, but that takes time. And, and, you know, the fact that construction cut firms are now absolutely full on with other projects it's um, it's difficult to find the people to come in and do that um we are we have started to do a lot of paperwork on on both the stadium and the development so um you know all we can do is carry on with that at the minute we've got various people quoting on the apartments and the development so um you know we, we are continuing with that but because of the you know the last couple of years that it's put a hold on it we, we're sort of just behind the eight ball at the minute yeah, we are on with it. We're not giving up on it because we need we need better facilities and we need we need more income streams and we have to do that somehow um, if if Scunthorpe is to continue or to fight its way back into the league. Just in terms of the flats, um, you mentioned there about building you know builders and and a bit of a backlog in terms of um, you know trying to find someone that that will be able to construct those. Um, how how long a delay are we looking? Is it a couple of years? Well, it's been done. Well, no, uh, you know, we'll have a design and build by, the, you know, when we should have this year, we'll have the design and build done by the summer. So, not, I mean, not the actual build, the design and build um, on paper ready to go. Um, it, it's It has been the fact that we, as soon as we came out COVID, there was no one really doing construction, so we couldn't do it. And then as soon as we came out of COVID, everybody's doing construction. So you just can't get people to come in and, and do the work. And construction prices have shot through. As we know, everything's gone up, you know. Energy's gone up, uh, construction prices, everything's gone up. You know, VAT's back on, um, interest rates going up. Everything now has changed. So you have to relook at the project. The project's still viable, um, but it has to be recosted. And that's what we're doing at the minute. Um, it, it's, it's not easy, but we're getting a little bit more interest now. We have about two or three people who are, who are working on a design for, for the apartments. Um, and um, obviously the highways network through, the road network through, and a few other bits that we'd like to do to improve the East Stand. And, and you know, we, we just need to make sure that we can get some extra revenues in. Um, 
you know, people say, well, what, how are the apartments? Well, what percentage of that will go back into the club? And also um, there'll be people in there who hopefully use our facilities if we can provide um, a, a better restaurant and a better bar for the area as well. So th there's so many different things to do, but our focus has, has primarily been on trying to keep us up. But uh, um, we have been doing this in the background. That's a lot of the work that I've been doing while Keith's been getting the side um, through as best he can. In terms of the planning permission, does that expire this summer? Um, it does, but it doesn't affect the apartments because we're ongoing. But that's reserve, what we call reserve matters. Um, the stadium, um, if we can't start on that, will just be reapplied. It's exactly the same application. Um, it probably cost us a, a few thousand pounds to get that reapplied. That's all. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. We won't lose it. We've got it. We'll always have it. Um, it's just timing. The timing hasn't been brilliant. Um, and, and losing two years doesn't help. Uh, let's move on to, yeah, obviously you mentioned Neil Wright um, earlier on, uh, coming onto the board. Obviously Simon's uh, been on the board this season as well. Um, you know, how, how, do those, how are those board meetings going to be a little bit different moving forward with obviously Simon and, and Neil on there? Well, it just, it just somebody else can see how it's operated. I think it's quite a surprise to people when they come on the board and see see what we have to do and what we do. Um, you know, the, there's a huge amount of work that needs doing to, to put on a single foot and football match, let alone run a stadium. Um, and all that has to be done um, as well as, you know, trying, trying to win football matches and get the football side right. So, um, yeah, you know, they'll hopefully Neil will be putting the questions that the fans want and then reporting back to the fans groups and the supporters groups. That's what he wants to do. Um, you know, he'll be forthright in what he does there and he'll be as honest as he can with the fans. So um, I can only see that as a bonus. I've tried to do that, but obviously you know, people don't don't believe the chairman all the time. So I, I understand that. But hopefully uh, with Neil and his association with the football club um, over the years, um, they'll see there's a, there's a, somebody else that they can get the, um, the truth from. Uh, and then Simon has been very, working very hard on the commercial side, getting the shirt sponsorships and bits and pieces and, and introducing us back into the community a little bit. Um, he's, he's been helping us a lot there. Um, he's been doing a bit on Twitter, but I think it's uh, I think he's surprised how how much time it takes. If you go onto social media, as you know, Matt, it takes it, once you get on there, it takes a lot of your time. Um, and um, but he's been working hard on on other bits behind the scenes and supporting us and, and asking us the questions. You know, as a non-executive director, it's important that he asks the questions at the board meetings um, and understands what we're doing going forward. And uh, we've got another one of those today. So uh, um, that'll be the second or third board meeting that, that uh, Simon's been in. We touched on it earlier on, season ticket prices, um, you know, on, on the face of it, look, look quite reasonable, look, look quite good, actually. Um, how will match day prices compare to those um, next season? I think they'll be similar in, in percentages, as people know. You know, you're going to pay a little bit more if you if you don't pay in advance. And, and again, we've tried to keep those as as sensible as we can as a football club. They'll be matched up to to whatever is in the national league. And, and to be honest, our prices have been quite competitive for, since day one. I mean, I didn't think I've got a price increase for five years in. So, you know, um, whether we're in the national league or the league. It's better if you buy your ticket up front. You know, you, you're going you're gonna to get matches for, you know, I think some of the matches turn out about £10 a piece on the cheapest tickets. You know, I, that's that's pretty good. Um, and I think this year as well, uh, James Moody's worked really, really hard on um, 
the packages that we can offer, the benefits and, uh, you know, the discounts of various things that are happening, um, whether that be the shop or events or restaurants. So, you know, we, we've tried to vary it to give everybody an opportunity. Um, we're hoping that a lot of the people, um, a lot of the fans who stayed away because of COVID, and we know there's a substantial amount of them as well, uh, would come back. And we'd like to hope that the ones who are staying away because of me, you know, they're generally going to be some of those, if that's the case, uh, decide to come back because in the end, it's about supporting the club. It doesn't matter who's at the helm, if you don't like him or whatever, it's about the club, the club and the community. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not taking any money out of it. I'm here trying to support it as best I can. Um, but we do need the fans back in. It's really, really important that that happens. Um, and we get back up to our, our, our 3,000 home fans. We do that. Um, I'm sure we'll do that, whether whether we're in League Two or, or if we can perform at the top of the National League. I think our, our crowds will go back up. You know, we just want to watch winning football. You know, I want it, I want exactly the same as the fans. I want a three points every Saturday. That's what I want to see. I want to see a performance and three points. Um, I'm no different to anybody else. Um, and it's and it's good. It, it hurts when that doesn't happen. It hurts where we are in the league because we're continuously being battered. Everybody's having a go at us, you know, as a football club. You know, personally, that that, that happens to me all the while anyway, as you know. But, um, you know, the, the club has been attacked from all angles about, you know, we've been how many years in the league, blah, blah, blah. Football is about relegation and promotion. You know, some really good sides have gone out of the league with, with who've been in, who've been around longer than us um, and have bigger, bigger fan bases than us. Um, we've just had about... What, we had eight seasons with me or, or nearly nine seasons with me where we've been a league club. Um, and, um, you know, we are, we are now fighting for our lives in this division and whatever happens, we need to be a community club where the fans support it, regardless of where we are, be that National League or Football League, and just try and enjoy football again. We need to get people back out to the games, enjoying football again. That has to be the priority wherever we are. Um, and, and whatever league we're in. What would you say to the fans that have kind of said, you know, I'm not going again until, until Peter Swan's gone, I'm not going to line these pockets? <laughs> well, you know, that's absolutely ridiculous. They're not lining my pockets at all. In fact, you know, we're the ones, you know, trying to keep the club afloat. Um, I haven't took a penny out of it. Every, every penny that a fan puts in goes into the football club. You know, that, that that's what it does. It keeps it going. It, it keeps somebody employed in the football club. It keeps the football club afloat. You know, it's, it's got nothing to do with me. Um, I said when I came in, you know, I, I would support the club over and above the 3,000 fans, which I did. As soon as we started dip below that, you know, I'm having to back up what we lose with fans not coming through the gate, etc. Um, which means that you can't invest that anywhere else. It's really important that the fans just understand that, just support the football club. It doesn't matter who's at the helm. You know, I, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter if they don't like me. I, the, the club is sustainable. It's sound. Um, it's their club. Um, that they come and watch every week. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to have a league club in Scunthorpe for such a long time. It will be a disappointment if that doesn't happen at the end of the season. But we, we can't let that kill the club. We, we, we've got to be confident and um, support it enough that we come back up. Um, and, you know, that that's what we must do. Um, forget about me. It doesn't matter. And, and I've, I've seen that the fans approach to the games recently, which has been fantastic, you know, that certainly the home games um, where we felt hard done by some of the refs' decisions, as you know, Matt, they weren't very good, um, which killed us in the game. Um, but I thought the support through those games has been extraordinary. 
considering where we are. And and we need to go down with that attitude. You know, if that if that's the case, and we are going to be really let's go let's go down with the fans chanting and 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 having a go, and that may spur the players onto a little bit more. Who knows? But if it doesn't, we go down fighting. It, it'll be painful, but then we have to rebuild and and work towards next season. And uh, you know, if I'm here doing that, I will do my best, and we will have a massive go next year at trying to get back up. Uh, um, and if I'm not, and somebody else is at the helm. I'm sure, sure they'll do exactly the same. So, um, you know, it, it's not the future. The future's more rosy than our current position. And I, I think that's more important for the fans to understand that and, and try and take that on board. You mentioned the 3,000 fans and sort of magic number. Um, what what sort of crowd or level of crowd do you need next season? Not not expect, but actually need through the gates. If, we, if we're to compete and have the budget we want, we've got to get close to that 3,000. We, we have to get that. We have to get close to 1,800 to 2,000 season ticket holders. If, if, we, if we can get that many season ticket holders on board, we, we can be competitive. Because then, then the club runs itself, the money can go into the wages and the salaries, and, and we can have a go. Um, once you get below that, and you know, it, it takes a lot off the, uh, the salaries it, you know, if you if you take a thousand pounds, you're taking a third off the salary, which means where you might be competitive with one and a half million pound with with your, with all those fans coming back and through the gate and your season tickets on board. If you're not getting that and you're only getting half of that, you, you know, you're on less than a million pound budget, which is going to be really really difficult for us. So it is all based on fans coming through the gate, still supporting the football club, on 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 the quality of player that we can get on the pitch. Saying that, like I say, if, if I'm here, that's the way we're going to have to work. Um, but I think we can still be competitive at that level of one and a half million in, or two million in the uh, in the National League. But we've still got to have people coming through the, the gate to do that. So, you know, come back, support the football club and, and we'll have a go whatever happens um, for next season. We'll get some signings in and, and we'll, we'll try and bring a little bit more fun back into the club and, and get these these sort of dark days away from us at the minute. Uh, just a couple of things to finish. Uh, you mentioned the fans and, and how good they've been at home games. Um, one thing that's there's been a little bit concerning in recent weeks is the stewarding at, at the club. Um, obviously, I know there's there's some fans or you know some of the younger fans that that do go to cause trouble, and I think I think everyone accepts that. But I think some of the stewarding this season's maybe been a little bit heavy-handed. Um, you know, stewards walking around with handcuffs. I don't know. For me, that that just seems to be um, inciting trouble. Really, um, is that something the club are going to look at moving forward? Uh, well, we're on doing that now. We, we unfortunately we had to cancel a, uh, one of our uh, SAG meetings today. We, we you know, our, our safety, the safety of our fans are the most important thing. Um, it, it's it's something that's happening in football at the minute. We've seen it at the top level, haven't we? With the bottles being thrown at, at Premier level and things thrown at the pitch. Now we we got back to a, a, just a uh, a time where this seems to be happening through the leagues, um, where we have a, a a group of our fans who are perhaps a little bit too enthusiastic, shall I say, um, and and they have to be looked after. It's been difficult getting stewards and training stewards. Yes, it has. Um, but you know they should all know their jobs and how they do it. Um, we we regularly um, meet about this and talk about how we can um, make the place safer for everybody else because it's really important that the majority are safe um you know and we look after everybody and that the minority who want to call trouble are dealt with um yeah i can't comment on the on the things you said there with with regards to what was carried around at the ground but 
you know, we if anything goes wrong, we we study that and we try and make um, we try and improve on it, or, or and we certainly sort of want to get uh, the bad bits of that out of the game. But it is it is hard sometimes controlling um, twenty or thirty um, young lads who uh, are boisterous, um, and I know it's it's been a bit of a handful, not just with us, but with a lot of clubs. Um, but but that's always going to be the case. I don't know whether it's because there's been two years of nothing and then all of a sudden, you know, we're back and we're out. And, um, it, you know, it's a very much of a um, a very personal experience as a football match. It's a very exciting thing. You get carried away with everything. And um, I, I certainly think that um, we, we have to stamp down on the, the bad behaviour. But um, I agree with you. If anything else is, is being done, which isn't correct, we, we will approach um, that situation and deal with it. Professionally, as a football club. Uh, another recent development is the the Telegraph back in reporting on the club. Um, it's obviously been a while ongoing. Um, why was that decision made? I think it was at um, the last um, forum I had, last fans forum I had. Um, the supporters groups um, were desperate for the Telegraph to get back on board. They felt that we were losing something, a connection to the community. Um, so I left that for them to discuss that. And then Simon Elliott came on board and was working with the Telegraph to try and get them in. Um, I believe I'm doing an interview with them shortly. Um, you know, in, in the end, it was just the stories that were being printed were, were not factual. And I was I was struggling with the content on that. Um, some of it was very personal. Some of it was com- completely wrong. Uh, and, and I think that we wanted to have a fair... Um, a crack at the whip when when things were not going right and um, they actually talked to us about what was happening and printed what we said not not what they thought was happening so it was just some of the stuff that was going on and um, um, in the end um, the supporters group would like that back in so I, I said that if they'd like to do that and try and sort that then they can um, our con- we want a contribution to uh, from the telegraph for access to to the staff and the uh, and the players, which they agreed, um, you know, it's only a smaller amount, but we agreed that that's a, a starting point. And you know, the olive branch has gone out, and um, we're now waiting for that that full connection, which um, I believe will happen in the coming weeks. Just finally, I think you mentioned it earlier on. Simon's been working on sponsors for next season. Is, is anything been agreed? Has that all been kind of signed and sealed? Yeah, I think he's got yeah um, quite a bit done there. Um, again, um, today's board meeting will confirm a lot of that, um, and that gradually will be put out um, when the sponsors want that information put out. But yeah, yeah, we're pretty happy with that. Um, you know, we're, we're delighted that we were able to do you know the shirt sponsorship with Cancer Research um, this year, and and you know that's been a huge benefit to them. You know, since we've been here since day one. We've supported cancer research and prostate cancer as a family and as a football club. And, and you know, there, there has been well over a million pound given to those charities since I've been at the football club. So we're, we're delighted with the effort that we've made on that. And we'll continue to do that where we can. But, I, you know, uh, I know Simon has, has got other plans for the kit sponsorship, etc. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, talking to him today and, and hopefully um, solidifying some dates going forward. Okay. Um, yeah. Ju- just finally, then, just to finish off, um, relegation is confirmed, which you know it, it does look likely. Um, I've just got a message for the fans ahead of next season. Um, obviously, the stay away fans more than anything. I think. Um, what, what would you say to them? Well, I hope they listen to me on here. You know, I'm, I've never 
I've never lied to the fans. That, that's never been, I've probably been too honest. And, and sometimes, you know, we don't want to hear all that probably, even though we, we want, we ask the question and say, we want to hear everything. It's, it's probably not what they want to hear. You know, we're, we're a club going through a bit of a transition where, you know, we, we had to go put a lot of money in and we have to be sustainable now. So wherever we are next year, we're going to give it a go next year. We, we're certainly going to get the right players in. I, I believe we've got the right manager and the right, he's got the right team behind him. So um, he's pretty confident that we can, um, we can make a really, really good go of it next year. I want to be in that, you know, the top part of that division all next year if, we're, if that's where we are. Or if a miracle happens and we manage to win a few games and um, it gets a bit nerve-wracking going into the last game this season, which it could still do. Um, but that means that we need the fans' support right to the end of the season. But but most importantly, to, to take up the, the season ticket offer because that really does help us um, give us a platform financially going through the summer. Uh, we don't really want to go through the summer, you know, looking to um, to cover two or three hundred thousand pound or four hundred thousand pound, and that's just not achievable. Um, but with their support and, and trying to get them back in, um, we've tried to make it a safer environment. And now COVID rules have relaxed. Um, you know, it, it's it's there. It's a football club. It's got thoughts of football club. It's important for them to support it, to maintain it, um, so that we've got a football club um, of that of that status in the community. Um, you know, and, and don't, you know, no one has to look at me, talk at me, speak at me. I'll, I'll just do what I have to do to keep the club um, in the black and, and moving forward sustainably um, as long as they come through the gate and they support it. Okay, I think we'll leave it there. Um, as always, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure. And um, like I said, it's a, it's a tough time and, and we do understand it. And um, let's all try and rally together as best we can. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 